Welcome to another episode of Young Entrepreneurs with the Dreamer Team. Today we have a special guest from Germany, Molte Krohn. How are you doing today, Molte? I'm doing great. The week is finally here in Germany, and the, uh, the January is pretty tough here. It's been pretty gray and cold, and then around February, March, it's going to start to smile again. So it gives me a burst of energy, and I need that burst of energy. Nice. So you guys got past all the snow and all the cold weather. Still cold, but we got past the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. So, just kicking off today's episode, would you like to tell the audience a bit about yourself? What do you like to do? What do you like to do in Germany? Any hobbies, interests? Traveling, have you? Is there any favorite place you have been to that you enjoyed the most? Um, hard to say. <laughs> so there are several places. I think one of the most influential, influential places would be Bali, um, where I did my yoga teacher training at the beginning of 2019. Um, so there are many nice places in the world, but I can say that I changed a lot in the months that I spent there. Things were set in motion. <laughs> Sweet. Um, I'm not too familiar with the yoga side. Um, could you educate me a bit about what you learn and what the training entailed? Um, so yeah, the biggest institution on the yoga teacher training is the Yoga Alliance when it comes to certification. And I didn't know too much about it either before I went there, but my PhD supervisor about his experience and he was like, well, I also had to do that. The idea was he would rather do nothing else. But then when you go there, you get um, practice a lot of yoga and meditation, you get a lot of philosophy behind it, um, theory, and you also get taught the techniques. And what I did is 200 hour training, 200 hours of classes, workshops, and of course, like weekly. Yeah. And Although this was not my intention, I felt pretty confident to teach yoga also and to give this gift to other people around me. Sweet. So, is it similar to exercising where it focuses on your inner self and seeing how you can best project and just feel more, focusing more on the emotional side? One of the most famous approaches is the eight-lip asana of Patanjali, and one side of, like, or one limb of it is the, the physical asana, um, and, and basically, so there are some people, like the yoga techniques, that make your body more meditation, to make it more flexible. 
wonderful it's an entire way on just how to as well so um with your phd um what are you studying specifically in there um so i studied in my, in my bachelor's product development so very engineering focused um but i figured out that i shouldn't be an engineer there are people that are better and more passionate about the technical side of things and in my master's i innovation management system, more like a business perspective on how to develop new products and services. And that was really a good choice for me. So more focusing on the people side and science and industry actually I set out to develop with a company new products and that is a very special kind of business model for emerging markets. And in the course of the project it turned out that we knew how to do this, um, and you know what what come out of it, the outcome of innovation in the process was pretty clear. But we figured out that the company didn't have the right mindset for this. So um, my PhD topic actually was more about mindset in innovation, not to confuse be confused with mindfulness. But I guess we'll talk about this a little bit in a second. So. But the common thread really is that everything I do, so I'm all about innovation and startups and entrepreneurship, but everything I do somehow gravitates around how you as humans are involved in this process. Um, and a big part of this is my the role of mindset in Awesome. And we will dive into mindfulness, but taking a step back, how do you define innovation? So the framework I use is already touched on a little bit, outcome, process, and mindset ideas. To understand what innovation is, you can define it as an outcome. So many companies, when they think about or organizations, when they think about innovation, they think about what they want to come out of it. I'm talking the example of the iPhone and the whole product service system that um, came along with it. But innovation is also a process. You know, you guys do a lot about so you can tailor an innovation process in a way that the outcomes are more sustainable. Having specific tasks, specific goals, specific criteria in which you evaluate activities for more sustainable solutions or outcomes. The other perspective. And the third perspective, I think, is that innovation is also a mindset. Basically, what we get implemented in the university innovation community. It's all about changing things and being, becoming more comfortable with this uncertain 
awesome and I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm a big believer in understanding what the journey is and going going along with the ride before heading into the destination and seeing what the end product is. But the end product is the product of what was all part of it. Um, so connecting it back to UIS, the University of Asian Fellows, design thinking, understanding people, understanding the problem, and then continuously ideating, prototyping, feedbacking, seeing what that end product may look like. I couldn't agree more. If you can envision it, you can help execute it. So taking a pivot from and extending on what we were talking about and mentioning a book, would you like to tell the audience about the mindful startup? <laughs> So the, 
the idea behind MySpace is that of how we also started in 2019. So, yoga teacher training started in January. This was sort of the, the mindful and yoga side. And in March, there was a Silicon Valley meetup. I was totally blown away by the entrepreneurship and innovation side. But there were also some connections, like spreading the spirit of the innovation ventures at Google. Did a little of an doing a movement workshop. This got me into thinking, okay, so maybe there is, for me, these strings of my life were all separated, and then I said, yeah, well, yeah, driving change is hard work. Just that whole, and I think it's how mental health and spiritual well-being also fits together. Um, and then this equity innovation fellow program started uh, to emerge. We as Members said, okay, we also want to drive change together. Um, and then I pitched my project, making entrepreneurial mindfulness a thing. <laughs> and started off as a blog, the blog post became quite long. And I figured out, okay, what, what happens if I put them together and um, figured out, well, maybe this is an entrepreneurial book. And then um, I asked my sister. Training at the school here in Germany, so she, you know, she showed the content, and yeah, so the the mindful startup happened. One big part of it is I talked to experts from all over the world, entrepreneurs, professors in entrepreneurship, uh, ecosystem builders. With every interview, I was more sure that there is a point why there should be more mindful approach to innovation and entrepreneurship, and there's not really so much out there, which um, is as you want my my niche, you know, my market, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the goal. Sweet. I love hearing how you reached out and all these different people were involved in some aspect. Innovation is a team sport, I'm a big believer in that. <laughs> so that's how I always try to collaborate and always always try to think also what can I do for these people? How can I connect with people? My experience is then at some point things just come back and it's the right to connect where you want to think or could imagine how they connect. Sweet. Have you had the chance to talk to anyone who read the book, who, who's been reading your blog and saw its impact in their lives? Um, so this is starting, so there's for example the CEO of a company here, but Germany, and he ordered the book in the first review on Amazon, <laughs> as it were, and on the 12th of, 12th of April, I'm going together with him and start publishing the work startup, for example, or in January, I, I tested my prototype, so I developed experiences, um, workshop format to bring mindfulness into the startup context, and yeah, so I continue because my feedback was pretty much on point, uh, you can do it, Malte, we buy your stories, and this adds a lot of value um, for us, so what I want to do actually is to bring this in as early as possible. 
listeners and readers so they get aware of the changes that are going to come and they already are aware of the very So one question I had going into here was, how do you start off start off your day usually? That's a very good question. That's actually part of the program that we have also started. For many years, I didn't really think about this too much, but now that I that I have a morning routine, very dedicated morning routine, I can say, which is so much energy and focus. Even if the weather is gray outside, I have not had any hay days, the sun outside is obviously not. One thing that I do, or better, that I don't do, I try not, not to look at my phone for at least an hour or two, or any kind of media meaning that kind of put thoughts about how things should be, um, how I am, or some, something that, you know, confronts me with, with stuff that, that, that I probably Not necessarily 
muscles or medic and you don't have to put any effort do the next then do the next after you know one year probably at six That is wonderful advice. Thank you. Sweet. So taking the conversation and looking at it from a bigger picture, you want would you like to talk a bit more about the big ideas on how we've gotten here with mindfulness? hearing about what drives you um especially the one thing i love about the podcast is talking to you anyone who comes on here they always talk about what they're passionate about what drives them what fuels them what ignites them yeah. <clears throat> so taking our conversation from everything you've been talking about would you like to dive more into your idea and what the future may entail 
United.
don't get to use it, but I'm saying that's also very healthy. One uh, one workshop is with a computer analyst where uh, an expert and an entrepreneurial well-being didn't agree with me. And I learned a lot from that because his perspective is that entrepreneurship is a big process well-being. And he's very right. And I didn't have any of this on my agenda. But still, I think they're also balancing these challenges and uh, advantages that come with the internet. If you agree with me, um, reach out. If you don't agree with me, also reach out. <laughs> Sweet, and we'll have links to your book and contact in the episode description. So for everyone listening, it'll be even easier to make contact with the simple link. And wrapping up today's episode, thank you, Mulke, again for joining me for this episode. I appreciated our conversation, and I look forward to what you develop in the future. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it was a pleasure, and it's always um, also a learning process. Uh, telling your story, you always learn something about yourself, right? Covering why you're doing what you're doing. <laughs> always. I know the first few episodes of the podcast we did. Oh, there were a tad bit of a struggle, but that's where all the learning came from. And now it's a nice flowing conversation and a quick QA. And with that, we conclude another episode of Young Entrepreneurs with the Green Regime with our special guest, Molde Krohn from Germany. And special thanks to all of our sponsors and supporters for continuing to assist us with our projects and our future endeavors. And stay sustainable, everyone. <laughs>